You are listening to the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center's Pastors Scott and Tina Witwam. Well, go with me to Romans 8.14. We're in the middle of a lesson called uh, Empowering, Being Empowered by the Holy Spirit. I don't even know what the lesson's called. I've only been teaching it for 11 weeks. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. Um, And we've been talking about the ministries of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to continue to do that. Last week, we started talking about the discerning of spirits, and we're going to continue to talk about that this morning. It says in Romans 8, 14, those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. You remember when you were a little kid, maybe this didn't happen in your life, but my dad and mom, they led me. You know, they usually made me grab their little pinky finger, you know. And I don't know if it's really leading or dragging, but whatever. They were in front. I was behind, you know. Uh, We went to the fair one time, and I saw somebody figured out how to put a dog harness around a kid, you know, and put a rope on it so that they could could keep hold of of theirs and jerk them back, I guess, when they got too close to the the big horses or whatever. But, But those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of us. And he wants more than anything to have a relationship with you. A God kind of relationship. One where he leads and we follow. Amen? So, Father, we thank you today that you do the leading and we do the following. You have made us the head and not the tail. And you said that if we would follow after you, that you would open for us your great hidden secrets, the things that are hidden in secret places. You would reveal them to us. And you would show us great and mighty things that we didn't have any idea of because you are the Lord. You are the one that teaches us to profit in every area of our life, spiritually, Physically, financially, mentally, relationally, to you be all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, let me ask you the same question this week that I started off last week with, because I think questions are good because they make you think, how often this week did you recognize the Holy Spirit revealing something to you in your life. I mean, think about that. Many of us are so busy with just doing life. You know, we got all these things going. I remember when our kids were, were younger and, and we had three boys, all in sports, right? They all seemed to have a sporting event at the same time in some different town. Now, we're pretty talented, but there's only two of us. So what we would do is we'd, we'd trade kids, you know. You get so busy, you start trading kids. Okay, we'll take Patrick, you take Aaron, um, you've got Aramis, and you take, you know, uh, whoever else, you know, Zach or whatever. And, and it's like everybody's going, all these families, you're going, you're busy, busy. And you get so busy with life that sometimes we forget to, to take time to hear what God is saying. And he didn't intend us to 
get so busy that, that we did not hear him. He is looking for the opportunity to walk with you in the cool of the day. Just like he did Adam and Eve. Amen? Amen. So we've spent some time studying the empowerments of the Holy Spirit. Now concerning the spiritual or things related to the kingdom of God. Now relating to the, talking about these spiritual endowments, these ministries. I don't want you to be ignorant. So it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1, and we've read that for many weeks. God does not want us to be ignorant. He wants us to understand that he is more real than the chair you're sitting on. He wants you to know that he is your ever-present help in your times of need. Amen? Amen. So we need to be knowledgeable about how the kingdom works. I mean, if we don't understand how God's kingdom works, how are we going to relate to him? How are we going to communicate with him? If we don't speak of his language, you know what I'm talking about? We have to be able to speak to him and hear him, hear his voice, and understand the way the Holy Spirit manifests to us. So we've been studying the revelation ministries these last few weeks, the revelation ministries of the Spirit. All that God knows and that may be known to man as the Spirit wills comes through the three ministries of revelation. The revelation ministries, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and we started to talk last week about the discerning of spirits. How many really want to know what God knows? Right? Well, the reason why he reveals himself through these ministries is so that you can see his heart, so you can understand what he thinks about. How would he do something? Trust me, there's many times when you're in a challenge or when you're in a tight place, I want to know exactly how God would do this. Because to me, there seems like there's no way. Right? I mean, when the, when the guys were, were, were coming home in the boat and the storm started raging and the wind started blowing and the boat started taking on water, it seemed to them that there was no hope. And they said, hey, Jesus, you want to wake up? You want to take your head off that pillow for a minute? Don't you even care that we're about to die? And Jesus said, why are you guys so afraid? If you just do it God's way, we're going to get to the other side. And Jesus stood up, told the wind to be still and the waves to cease, and they went, they went home to solid ground. See, when you do things God's way, you can have peace in the time of turmoil. Jesus was in a time of turmoil, but he was in peace. Why was he in peace? Because he was going to the other side with the boat or without the boat. Amen? See, the boat was man's plan, but Jesus was on God's plan. He said, I'm going to the other side. Father said, go to the other side. I'm going to the other side. See, we need to understand that, that, that if we do things God's way, he can get us to the other side of our situation his way. Amen? And his way is always better than our way. No matter how good a plan you come up. And some of you come up with some great plans. But God's plan is always better. Amen? Amen. So we've been talking about discerning of spirits. And our scriptural foundation, our scriptural basis for discerning of spirits is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12.10 for this teaching. And it says here in 1 Corinthians 12.10, To another the working of miracles... To another prophecy and to another the discerning of spirits. 
And so we see here that these are part of the nine uh, empowerments that Paul uh, has written here in, in 1 Corinthians 12. Now, the discerning of spirits is a ministry. It's a revelation ministry. It's to reveal to you something. And we want to remember that the discerning of spirits is not discernment or the gift of discernment, which do not exist in the Bible, because discernment is the human ability to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. It's skill in discerning acts or perceiving or discerning something. See, it's the human ability. It's your ability. But God didn't give us the empowerment of discernment. He gave us the power of discerning of spirits. It's something that God wants you to know supernaturally. And it's so good when God reveals to me things supernaturally. Because there's sometimes things I would have never thought, I would have never have seen, I would have never have been aware of. But it's given insight into the supernatural or the spiritual world. Or you could say it this way, giving a supernatural insight into what God sees in His kingdom. The way God sees things. These things that affect you. They affect me. They affect all of us. They're going on every day, and God sees them all. It's supernatural insight into the discerning of spirits, all spirits. Evil spirits would be included here. And so go with me to Luke chapter 4. I touched on this last week. Now, how many did their homework and went and read Luke chapter 4, like I told you to? Eric, I'm proud of you. Mike Bixler, I'm proud of you. I am so awesome. Anybody got a, got a medal we can hang around their necks? No, I'm just kidding. Mike, you're in Bible school. That's awesome that you took, took that up and did that. Praise the Lord. So I guess it's going to be new for a lot of you, or at least renew, right? Renew for a lot of you. This is real familiar. It says, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to notice something. That, that nothing happened. This, this kind of encounter did not happen in Jesus' life until he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was still the seed of the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, he still was involved in the virgin birth, right? Remember, remember that, whole, that whole encounter? You remember, you remember the story of how the angel came to Mary? Jesus was God even before he received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But for 30 years, we don't hear, we don't hear much about his ministry, other than when he was 12 years old and, and he confounded the, the scribes and the Pharisees, you, you know, and his parents came looking for him and they found him and said, well, what were you worried about? Didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? And Jesus, that was the same Jesus, but for 30 years, we don't have records of miracles. We don't have records of in, in spiritual encounters. We don't have any of those type of records. But here, just after Jesus goes and gets baptized at the Jordan River by, by John, and the Holy Spirit descends upon him. It says, now Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, he returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. 
And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall live by man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now see, Jesus was operating in the discerning of spirits. How many know that the devil is a spirit? He may be a dumb spirit, but he is a spirit. I mean, you haven't, haven't seen him physically. You know, Hollywood tries to portray him as this big red thing with big horns and all that kind of stuff, you know, uh, all those kind of things. But see, the devil goes around like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He's a defeated foe. He may be big in the life of the unbeliever, but in the life of the believer, he is a defeated foe. Now, we don't necessarily see the devil every day, but we see the effects of what his chaos has caused. We see the effects of his evil works. We just talked about Ukraine and Russia. I mean, you can see the depravity that, that, that his kingdom has when it's so... In, intent in life is to destroy the lives of others for the sake of more power. That's why they say power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Dictators, kings, they, don't, they generally don't rule with discretion, they rule with fear. Because it's a spirit of fear that is driving them. Amen? Verse 5. Then the devil took him up onto a high mountain, showed him the, the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All authority I will give to you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Now, how did the devil get it? Adam gave it to him. It was given to him. Adam gave it to him. Right? And so he's saying, Hey, Jesus... Before you come and destroy my kingdom, let me give you, you know, the kingdom so that now there is no destruction to it. It can remain in chaos. The world can remain in and under the spirit of, of death and sin. Therefore, verse 7, therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone shall you serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now see, this is the exact same trick that the devil used on Eve. Tried to quote back to her what God had said to her. So here, here you are. You got Satan quoting the 91st Psalm, right? Trying to quote back to Jesus what God has revealed. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended his temptation, he departed from him until an appointed time. Then Jesus returned in the power of of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went out through all the surrounding regions, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. See, Jesus saw, by the discerning of spirits, into the spiritual dimension. 
See, seeing into the spiritual dimension, it would mean seeing angels, seraphim, cherubims, archangels, and hosts of angels, or discerning of Satan and all of his spirits. It's not just seeing the devil, but it's seeing everything that is operating spiritually. Amen? And there's times when you need to see all of the above, or may need to see all of the above. And God will reveal those according to His will. So, sometimes we don't necessarily see, you know, like Frank Peretti. How many of you read Frank Peretti's books, like This Present Darkness? You know, we don't always see a demon like, like he's described there. But we may see the effects of what are controlling a situation or involved or infiltrating a situation, a person, or a manifestation. Some things that appear miraculous do not come from God. Remember, Satan is a supernatural being also. He may be a defeated foe, but he is a supernatural being. And he will do false miracles. According to end-time prophecy, he'll do them to deceive nations. Don't think he's above trying to deceive you or me. Because if he can use the deception to separate you from God, it's a victory in the kingdom of darkness's book. Sometimes people follow anything that appears supernatural by it being spectacular. They keep looking for, remember Kenneth Hagin's quotes, they keep looking for the supernatural, but or they keep missing the supernatural looking at the spectacular. That's why we, we need to have the Holy Spirit to be able to reveal these things to us. We need to be in tune with Him. And we need the discerning of spirits. So let's, touch, let's touch, touch a little bit on a spirit of deception also called familiar spirits. Familiar spirits. A familiar or demonic spirit can duplicate the word of knowledge. I mean, I've, I've seen people falsely try to pray in tongues. You know, there's no communication, no relationship there, but they're just mocking God. Satan is a deceiver. And familiar a familiar spirit is a spirit of deception. They may know things about a person, their age, their history, or even what they have in their wallet. God forbids us to have anything to do with familiar spirits. And if you're a note taker, you can write these scriptures down. Leviticus 20 and 6. Leviticus 20 and 27. Isaiah 8 and 19. Isaiah 19 and 3. Isaiah 19, 31, 2 Chronicles 33, 6. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to go ahead and just read one of them for scriptural basis. And that is Leviticus 20 and 6. Leviticus 20 and 6. And the person who turns after mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people. See, a lot of people like to get involved in, in all these different things. What is the Ouija boards and, and uh, reading of cards and all of these things. And they rely on familiar spirits. And it opens yourself up to a spiritual dimension. One of the neat things and conversations I've had with Pat Schisler here, because she does deliverance ministry, is how many times they find out that people opened themselves up spiritually and didn't even know it. And now it's causing a physical, 
or a mental problem in their life. But once they deal with the spiritual thing that they've opened up, seal that off with the blood of Jesus, people's lives can be completely transformed. But it comes sometimes through a spirit of deception. Well, how do you know whether it's a deception or not? That's what we have this for. If it is, that's why I said, if it isn't in the Word, if you don't have chapter and verse for it, it may sound cool, it may be really neat, it may be something that you wish would happen, but if it isn't in the Word of God, forget it, because it's not from God. He is the same, He changes not. Out of the mouth of every two or three witnesses, you should be able to find it in here, not in some ex- one obscure passage, but in the theme, the theme of what God is teaching on an area or subject. And the church is so looking for the supernatural that to them sometimes it's hard to tell it from the spectacular because they don't have the word inside of them. That's why we have to be word people. We need to know what the word says. So we are not deceived. I mean, that's Satan's biggest thing. If he can deceive you, he can deceive you. Make you think that it's right when it's wrong. And that's what he does to the world. He's been making the world think that things that are wrong are right and things that are right are wrong. And we were told it was coming. We were told it was coming. I've had revealed to me more more than once that somebody was a flake. They appeared to be operating in the supernatural, but sure enough, their lives were flaky and ungodly. It reveals itself. Familiar spirits are just that. They're familiar with people, and they pass on information about people. Oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, familiar spirits can be revealed through the discerning of spirits and the word of knowledge. That's why it's important to understand God's word and for us to have the Holy Spirit manifesting and working in our lives so that we can see into the spiritual world. We are, not, we are not thought reading, that's witchcraft, and we're not using psychological insight. No, it's the Spirit of God revealing something for the profit of all. Remember, there's a purpose for this. There's a purpose for it. Let me give you a couple quotes here. First one's from Lester Summerall. It says, discerning of spirits is a gift which enables one to appraise motives, But more than this, it gives the believer the power to see what others do not see. The second one is from Howard Carter. It says, The discerning of spirits is the gift of the Holy Spirit by which the possessor is enabled to see the spirit of the world. By this insight, he can discern the similitude of God, the risen Christ, the Holy Spirit, cherubims, seraphim, archangels, and a host of angels, or Satan and his legions. The discerning of spirits is important for the church. It's important for you, and it's important for your life. You know, last, last week, I, I shared with you a story about Calgary, Alberta, and the little girl. But here, here's another story. We were, we'd been fresh off the, the Crusade uh, Trail, and you know, just being, being, we were being nice. You know, we were helping out at church, and, and uh, we were going through our ministry internship programs, and, you know... We, and everything seems to be going good. And one of my friends, his ex-girlfriend, came into the church to visit in a flowing gown. And she heard that we had been involved with a ministry that was doing crusades. And they were going to put a crusade on out somewhere. And wanted our advice, 
my expertise, whatever it was. And the Lord said to me, flake. See, that's what I get. Messed up. Boy, and she was. You know, but God can reveal that through the discerning of spirits. It's like the spirit behind and motivating. You know, why are you doing the crusade? Well, it's going to, you know, it's going to be great. We're going to have this, and we're going to have these big names, and it's going to be this, and people are going to get saved, and it's going to be great, and, and I'll get to get a microphone, and I'll get to, to open up, and, and I and me and Blake, right? We need the discerning of spirits. We need to know. We need to know what we should be involved in and what we shouldn't be involved, involved in. And I want to remind you of the book I told you that you should consider Getting and Reading it by Dr. Lester Summerall called Demons. It's a great book. It helps to give you some insight into the spirit world and what Satan has, but also into the discerning of spirits. Amen? And you don't need the discerning of spirits to just know if something's wrong. Amen? I mean, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You've got the Word of God. There's some things that, that you can handle yourself, Right? The inward witness of the Holy Spirit. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans 8, 14. Every believer can be led by the Spirit of God. See, that's what's nice. Every believer can be led by the Spirit of God. Every believer can know what's right and wrong. But the discerning of spirits comes as the Holy Spirit wills and manifests. So go with me to the book of Acts, chapter 16. Acts 16, 16 through 18. It says, Now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. The girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now, how would you like that? You're going out and telling the people about Jesus, right? And all of a sudden, somebody says, oh, yeah, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. Hey, this man, he, he, he's, he's a minister of the Most High God. He's a good guy. This woman, she's a minister of the Most High God. You should listen to her. She is great. Day after day, they're out there promoting. Look at, listen to Paul. He's a man of the Most High God. Well, that kind of strokes your ego a little bit. I'm a man of the most high God. I'm a man of the most high God. I'm doing great. She, yeah, she even sees it. She sees it, right? And then the discerning of spirits comes. Blake! So what did Paul do? Paul cast that spirit out of her, made the people that she worked for so mad. That spirit was bringing them a lot of profit. But the discerning of spirits. See, the enemy likes to stroke your ego. I will tell you that many times, men and women both, that that is one of the things that leads to adultery and fornication, is the stroking of egos. Well, they treat me so much better than my spouse does. Well, your spouse don't have to live with your ugly self. You know, I mean, it's, she's just constantly in conflict with you. You go out to this, you, your secretary or your whatever he is, a receptionist, whatever, and he's nice because he has to see you only a few hours a day in certain situations. And they stroke your ego, and you start feeling good about yourself, and, oh, how they make me feel this way. They make me feel so much like a lady. They make me feel so, so much like a man. It's a spirit of deception. It's a spirit of deception. And Satan's good at it. That's why we need the discerning of spirits. 
We need to realize, we need to realize these things. Remember, there's three kinds of the spirits. There's divine spirits, there's satanic spirits, and there's the human spirit. Your human spirit is longing to fellowship with God. But there are spirits all around you, good and evil. We encounter them every day. They influence other people. Jesus encountered it in his time. The apostles encountered it in, in their time. Obviously, before Jesus, back before the new covenant, they experienced evil too. Go with me. Let's do an Old Testament example. Uh, go with me to 2 Kings 6.15. Now, I got these two. I got this, this scripture and 2 Kings 2.11 mixed up last week. But that's okay. You didn't even notice it. But I did after I said it. So we're going to read this one. This is the one I was talking about. But you can go over to 2 Kings 2 and 11 and see the one that I mentioned that was this. And it wasn't. All right. Does that clear everything up? People are like, uh, I have no idea what he's talking about. All right. 2 Corinthians 6, 15 through 17. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered. Now, this is Elisha. So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, you imagine the servant comes out, looks around, and goes, Hey, we're completely surrounded. But Elisha says, Don't worry about it. Those with us are more than with them. And, and, and the guy here is in, in prophet school. He's going... What in the world did he eat last night? What is going on with him? And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. See, that was the discerning of spirit. God opened it up so he could see into the spirit realm. He could see all the heavenly hosts the fiery chariots ready to come to Elisha's aid. Remember Jesus said, hey, look, if I wasn't on my father's plan, I could call a host down from heaven, and I'd be out of here. He probably saw it. He probably saw the same thing as this, you know. And Jesus is like, this is, this is getting really rough, Father. Not my will, but yours be done. And he's looking around going, look, it, we've, got, we've got 144,000 angels standing around here. With flaming swords. I could get out of this pretty easy. But he said, not my will, Father. Yours be done. All right? Sometimes it's good to see into the spirit realm. To see what God's plan is and what God is doing on your behalf. Amen? Amen. The spirit of God is moving in the body of Christ. We need to start to be more attuned to it. So that he can work through us. No matter how trivial... I mean, you could be dealing, uh, and I've had this happen many times in real estate transactions, where somebody who, is, who has the spirit of greed, poverty is the spirit of greed in action. There's a spirit of poverty. Somebody says, well, what do you mean it's the spirit of greed? You ever met somebody poor? They're not taking anybody out to lunch. They got so tight grip on, on the couple's sense that they have. That's the spirit of greed. It's not the spirit of generosity. See, the spirit of generosity would free them from the spirit of greed and transform their life. But no, the spirit of greed, and I get that sometimes in real estate transactions, that one of the parties is, is the spirit of greed, and it makes the, the whole transaction in, in turmoil. There becomes confusion, strife, and every evil work, just like the Bible says. 
because the spirit of greed gets in there. And so it's important when you're in your daily, uh, you know, work routines or your business to understand when you're dealing with a spirit so you know how to deal with the situation. Some things have to be dealt with differently. Spirits need to be dealt with spiritually. Amen? And it doesn't matter how trivial they are or or what somebody might think of how trivial the, the situation. If God is revealing it to you, it's not trivial to him. Why? Because it's not trivial to you. I mean, your situation's your situation. Maybe causing you, you know, to start getting, lose your peace. It's important to you. The discerning of spirits can manifest for any spiritual or kingdom reason. That's why the Bible is full of examples for us. So that we can see where, where the, the, the problems are. Uh, or how other people dealt with them. Or how God manifests. Because let's face it. We are very, people are very self-conscious. Well, if I do that, what will so-and-so say? If I say that, what will so-and-so say? What if, I, what, if I, what if I go there? What will so-and-so say? That's why we need to be led by the Spirit of God and not our thoughts, our pride, all those kind of things. Because they'll get in the way. They will get in the way of what God has for us. What does God have for you? Life and life more abundantly. That's what he said. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's why we need the understanding of the kingdom. That's why we need an understanding about how God operates. That's why we need to be able to to freely flow in these manifestations of of the Spirit, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit so that we can do things God's way. Trust me, God's way is the best way. Amen? And we're going to do things God's way this morning. If you're here this morning and you have any prayer requests, any needs in your life, they can be physical, they can be financial, they can be relational, they can be whatever they be, just come on up here. Because we're going to do what, what the Word says. The Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Lay hands on the infirm, they shall recover. The prayer of faith will save the infirm, the sick, the confused, and it will raise them up. And do you know what it says? Even if they've committed sins, they'll be forgiven them. How do you like that? That's what the Bible says. So if you have a need in your life, in any area, physically, financially, relationally, I want to invite you to come. My wife is going to come and join me. We're going to pray for you. And we're going to pray for you who are watching on live stream. Because God came that you would have life. And that you would have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. You have been listening to a recording from the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center with senior pastors Scott and Tina Whitwam. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to pray this simple prayer with me now. Jesus, according to Romans 10.9, your word says, If I confess you as Lord and Savior and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that you would come into my heart and I would be saved. I now confess and believe that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
If you prayed that prayer with me, please contact our office so that we may rejoice together with you. Call Valor Christian Center at 480-545-4321. That's 480-545-4321. Or by email at info at valorcc.com. That's info at valorcc.com or by mail to the church address at 3015 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona, 85296.